right, everybody. Here we are. Wednesday, Wednesday, November 18th. And it's like it's like 6.15. I'm joined with Matei, our good friend Matei. It's been a, it's been a while. Matei, I, I can't tell you how depressing it is looking outside when the workday is winding down at like 4.45. And typically, like in the early fall, in the summer, like I'm like, oh, 40.45, I'm going to go outside, do some outdoor activities. Before I log out of, uh, at a workday, it's pitch black outside. I hate it, man. I hate it. I mean, over the summer, sunset was what, like 8.30? You're going outside, getting a little run-in, maybe a little barbecue, maybe blowing up the inflatable pool, jumping in. But now, if you look outside, it's like, what do you do? There's nothing to do. Uh, it's, it's, I got to tell you, we're, we're staring lockdown number two right in the face. It's getting dark early. Um, <laughs> football team's 500. Like, not a lot of things. Not a lot of things. Things are bringing me joy right now. Uh, but seeing your face, Matei, it's been a while. Looking looking forward to chopping it up. Matei, how are, how are you doing, man? Where are you? What are you up to? What's the word? What's, what, what's going on? I'm up in Arlington, living life, doing work every day. Uh, looking forward, despite the 500 record, I'm looking forward to college football every Saturday. It's my favorite time of the year, no matter what the circumstances are. And, you know, I'm reminded tonight, uh, Wednesday night, that the NBA draft is about to happen. As a diehard Knicks fan, I'm looking oh, for man. I'm looking for a little something. I don't know what your team is, but let me just tell you, being a Knicks fan is not pleasant. It does get worse uh, for the Virginia Tech fans out there that think it may not. No, I, so I'm a Celtic guy, um, but I, there are a lot of people I care about, including you, Matei, who are who are Knicks fans. Um, and I can assure you that doesn't sound like a fun existence. Um, where do you stand on the on the Russell Westbrook trade potential thing? I think that'd be a catastrophic mistake, but that's what they do. That's their business, catastrophic mistakes. But I'd love to hear your your take on that. The New York Knicks are about selling jerseys for the last two and a, <laughs> two three seasons. We haven't had a jersey to sell. Um, and Frank Nilla Takina just won't do it. So, you know, whatever, whatever brings in some money. I don't know. I don't know. I just need a reason to root for them again. But, you know, I got tang- you. tangent over. Tangent over. We have a football game to talk about. Um, we play Pittsburgh on Saturday. Um, is You could call this the grit bowl. Um, you know, Pittsburgh is about as gritty as it gets when it comes to cities. Uh, Pat Narduzzi. Annoying, yes. Gritty defense, also yes. Gritty football team, also yes. Let's talk a little hokey history here. Uh, this is Pat's turf, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to overwhelm the hokey history. I just, I just went short and sweet. Look, hokey history goal line stand, twenty seventeen. Uh, uh, cheetah khaki bill running across the field. Everyone's seen the video. One of my personal favorites. Blowout in Pittsburgh. We go up to Pittsburgh the next year in, in one of the worst years of Virginia Tech football. Um, and I remember this like it was yesterday. I was sitting on the couch watching with Papa Mitchell. And, and it was on one of like the 60 or 75-yard runs like right up the middle. And like midway toward him being in the end zone, he goes, this is embarrassing. We're turning on SEC football. And he flipped the, we flipped the channel. Uh, and then last year, shutout Pitt. Pittsburgh people forget that was a good Pittsburgh team coming to Blacksburg they had a lot of momentum find a way to shut them out uh in one of the most memorable I mean I was there it was raining I, I'm pretty sure I, I could have been patient zero with COVID I had a, a, a fever for like four days after the game They're like you don't have the flu I don't know what's wrong with you maybe just go home rub some dirt on it grit um so that was uh so that was that but here we are now 
here we are now. And what truthfully is, as we get into game storylines here, underwhelming season for both parties. Underwhelming season on the defensive side, of the, uh, not on the defensive side of the ball for Pitt, but an underwhelming season for everybody told me all year long how good Kenny Pickett is. Everybody's telling me Kenny Pickett, he's the best quarterback in the ACC. He's not, um, you know, so just talk to me. When you look at this game high level, what are some of the storylines that are standing out to you? I think it's interesting because you look at both these teams and Virginia Tech. I I know I don't want to go too much into what happened the past two weeks, but a lot of close losses for Virginia Tech. You could have been talking about a six and two team if they caught some breaks. And Pitt is kind of the same way. You know, they lost uh, by an extra point, a missed extra point, uh, one point loss followed by another one point loss. Uh, So they could be six and two, too. So it's like, these two teams that you can tell like have something, they don't quite know what it is. They're still trying to figure it out eight games in. Um, but you can't say they're bad teams. Even you look at them and they're both four and four. And then the other major storyline is just how different these two teams are. I mean, Pittsburgh is like the old Virginia Tech relying on their defense to pretty much do everything. And Virginia Tech is like, you know what? Let's keep the defense off the field. Let's just run up the score line. Let's control the time of possession and, you know, win by 20 points. Let's put up 40. Let's have one of the best offenses in the ACC. So it's just a storyline of two completely different teams. Yeah. And what's kind of funny about that, uh, two completely different teams. If you took these teams and you put them together, you'd have a pretty, damn, you'd have pretty, have a pretty damn good football team where we're great missing. team. When we're missing guys, they're excellent in that position where we fall a little bit short. They excel in that position. Um, but you're completely right. These are two teams that haven't – I mean, I can't think of a game where Virginia Tech has played a complete game all season. And I can't think of a game where Pitt, honestly, has played a complete game all season. You can argue that maybe on November 7th was their best game. They beat Florida State 41-17. to Florida State's horrible. Um, but they, they, trumped, they, they just completely obliterated them. Uh, and then you got Paris Ford has opted out. You got uh, Jalen Twyman who has opted out Paris Ford. If you remember, I mean, I can't say enough positive things about Paris Ford. He's fun to watch. Um, he smacks people around just a hard hitting safety. And then talk to me a little bit about Jalen Twyman and quite frankly, their defensive line in general. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Twyman's a guy that, you know, coming into the season, he had massive expectations. He was projected to be an all American guy decides to opt out, prepare for the NFL draft. And, you know, now they still have two great defensive ends, Rashad Weaver, um, Patrick Jones. A lot of people will remember him. He was a 757 guy. Uh, Virginia Tech was recruiting him, and then he ultimately went to Pittsburgh. He's six foot five, 265 pounds, and he's running out there like he has nothing to lose. I mean, it's insane how talented they are on this defensive line. Most sacks in the country. Uh, most tackles for loss per game in the country. I mean, they're just a phenomenal, phenomenal unit. Yeah, some uh, some other kind of factoids there. First in sacks, 45, 45 sacks this season. And the second closest is Clemson, and they have 32. So we definitely have uh, a challenge cut out for us. And, I, and I've been over this this year. It's, 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 it's one of my... You know, I've been very, very high on the offensive line this year, but we've had serious issues with with pass protection this year. Um, And that goes on both. That goes on having an internal clock at the quarterback position and also finding ways just to pick up different twists, stay on your blocks. Uh, It was a tough, 
tough, tough week, but also a really tough challenge for Luke Tenuta last, last week. Christian Derrissaw played really well. Those are two phenomenal defensive ends in, uh, from Miami that I'll both be playing on Sunday. Uh, also the pit defense leads the ACC in interceptions with 14 of them. Uh, and they only have given up 22.3 points per competition, which goes for second best in the ACC. So this is, this is an elite defense. This is a good defense across any, any division. Um, and it's going to be, uh, uh, as coach Fonte likes to say, an incredible challenge facing us here, uh, here next week. Let's talk about the pit offense. The pit offense is just being frank is pretty horrible. Um, they're 14th in the ACC in yards per play at 4.98. Kenny Pickett again. Uh, we had David Hale come on. David Hale was high on Kenny Pickett all year. Um, quite honestly, I was I wasn't high on him, but I, I thought you know he's an NFL guy. He'll play pretty well. Maybe a Daniel Jones esque kind of, just an NFL looking kind of caliber guy with a strong arm. Um, he's 10th in the ACC in passing yards and he's fifth in completion percentage at 64.1. Uh, but there's one kid that stands out for Pitt and that's Jordan Addison. He's a freshman. He has 52 catches. Uh, I think he's like second or third in ACE in a uh, pit history with the most catches as a freshman. Um, and then, you know, that's definitely going to be a deep ball threat. Pitt can stretch the ball down the field. I loved the way our defensive backs played last week, and I think they've gotten better over the course of the season. It seems like some of our guys, Dorian Strong and, and company, are settling in. They're definitely going to need to show up this week. But, um, Matei, talk to me a little bit about Pitt's running game. Usually Pitt has a solid running game, and that's kind of, they've kind of gone by the wayside the last, uh, the last two years. Yeah, I mean, they had Quadri Olison. I forgot the other guy. I think it was something Hall. But that was the game that Pittsburgh absolutely blew out Virginia Tech at Heinz Field. And Tough since watch. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> since then, uh, you know, they have a guy, Vincent Davis, AJ Davis, both guys averaging under four yards per carry. They can't really do anything. And I've watched a bunch of their games. I can't really tell if it's just individual talent at the running back position that they didn't identify well or if it's in tandem with their offensive line. Just not the right philosophy. It's just a mismatch no matter what. But they just can't run the ball. So the entire offense just goes back to Kenny Pickett trying to chuck the ball down the field. So this is probably, you're looking at, you know, all these good dual threat quarterbacks running all over the field and having talented running backs and, uh, you know, playing a team like UNC with two running backs that could potentially be like all ACC. And then you go to Pitt and you're like, okay, is it, is this real? Is this real? Because <laughs> they're really, I, I don't know what it is, but they just, they can't find a way to consistently run the ball. And that's given them so many problems on offense. And it's, it's weird too, because if you look at, if you look at Kenny Pickett's skill set, quite honestly, he has talented receivers and Pittsburgh for the last four years has been pretty talented at the, at the, uh, at the wide receiver position. Um, and they just haven't found a way to be, like you said, really consistent. The same problem that we've been dealing with over here in Blacksburg all year. Um, so, you know, to me, we're going to get into keys in the game for a second, but, you know, keys to like the rest of the season, like it's just disappointing to not see, quite frankly, either one of these teams put it together. Because like you said at the beginning, both of these teams are really talented. 
Um, and quite frankly, I thought that both of them would have a hand in competing for an ACC championship slot. Uh, Clemson and Notre Dame are clearly more talented than the, than the rest of the bunch, but, uh, these two teams have, have really, really talented units. And quite frankly, Pat Narduzzi knows how to call a defense and his defenses are great every year. And you got Kenny Pickett coming in as a senior. If you're, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, you're probably fired up for this season and it just didn't happen for you. Um, but, uh. Let's get right into keys of the game here. Brought to you by the Hub and Blacksburg. We talk about the Hub and Blacksburg all the time. Absolutely phenomenal place to live. Uh, you got the pool. We talk about the jacuzzi all the time. It's going to be brand new. Anyone who signs these leases, you're going to be the first person to lay your head down in that beautiful apartment. It's going to be brand new, built for you. Uh, this week only, the Hub is waiving $200 off the administration fee. All week. All week. Go on down there. Sign your lease. Look, there's nothing worse. Then waiting too long and you're about to come back to school and then you have to settle for somewhere you don't want to live. That's how you end up. Look, take it from me. That's how you end up with squirrels on your bed. That's how you end up with horrible home living situations. Knock that out. Get it done. Hashtag own it. Hashtag be an adult. Take care of your business. Look, life's hard. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. But you know what? You're going to want to lay your head down somewhere that you like and that you are comfortable so you can recharge and attack the next day. The Hub Blacksburg is the perfect place to do so. They're going to give you the keys to your new apartment. I'm going to give you the keys, and Matei's going to give you the keys to winning this football game. Matei, 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 Matei. Here's my golden burning question. Which one of these two teams – and I don't know if you can answer it. I don't know if anyone can answer it until Saturday. Which one of these two teams care more? That's really what it comes down to. Again, disappointing season on, on both fronts here. Virginia Tech has incredible challenges coming up to play the University of Virginia. They have to play Clemson as well. And you're playing Pittsburgh. You're playing Pittsburgh on the road. Another disappointing loss versus Miami. An incredible effort versus Miami. You can't pull it out. Who's going to show up and who can put together a complete game? That's what really matters to me. I just want to I, look. It's going to be if the, both of these teams show up, it's going to be an incredible matchup. I think, like you said, these teams complement each other's weaknesses, um, and it has a real chance to be a great back and forth. Um, but for me, that's the biggest thing. And and this offensive line has to prove to me that you can pass protect. Um, that is the one thing. It, it it's paramount for us being able to compete in this game. We have to be able to throw the ball. Health aside, I'm hoping that we can get Herbert. I'm hoping that we can get James Mitchell. Really hoping that we can get James Mitchell. Um, but we have to be able to pass protect, and this is going to be an incredible challenge for what is still a young offensive line. So those are the uh, those are the keys for me. What do you got, Matei? Well, I want to touch on your first point of who wants to who wants it more. I think so many times we've seen Virginia Tech in an advantageous position. And whether they took their foot off the gas, whether there was a bad break, you know, whatever happened this year, they've fallen flat. And I feel like there's been a lot of pressure on them, fan expectations saying this should be, you know, 10 win season or bust or ACC championship game appearance or bust. And now that those things are kind of out of the picture, I want to see a team that has no fear, that is playing loose, is playing not to lose or is playing to win, you know, and, uh, you know, taking some more shots on offense, seeing what works. You never know with the rule this year with the NCAA. A lot of these guys could come back for next year. So see what you've got. Uh, take some risks and, you know, try to write this season. Um, and then, you know, more specifically for keys to this game. I mean, this Pittsburgh defense is so good against the run. 
Virginia Tech is obviously, you know, the running team. And I think you have to be able to make it to third and short. Pittsburgh has seen the most third downs of any team in the entire country, and they've done the best job of stopping teams on third down. When Virginia Tech gets into trouble, it is third and five, third and eight, you know, third and long. If they can make it a third and short and keep the chains rolling, I think they'll have a much easier time in this game. But, you know, to me, this entire game comes down to will this offensive line be able to get the running backs or Hendon Hooker free? Or will Pittsburgh's defensive line continue to dominate? Yeah, I'm fired up about this one. So in terms of score predictions, the score predictions are brought to you by the Chesapeake Center. For complete dentistry, Dr. John Cran, the absolute best in the business, the Cran fam, absolutely incredible. Not a lot of Cran cam this year, which is which is sad. Not to any, not to not to his fault. He's fantastic at it. They just need some more highlights. Need some more highlights. Um, score predictions. So right now, Vegas has it at a three or three and a half point Virginia Tech lean, uh, and the line sits at fifty six and a half. Matei, fifty six and a half points are a lot of points. That's a lot of points, is it not? Am I am I tripping here? I, th- I think that's a lot for, you know, two teams that I don't know how it's going to go. Nobody knows how it's going to go, but yeah, that's a lot of points. So my prediction here, I'm going with a grit score. I'm going with the, Hey, the ball's going to be rolling around a lot. It's cold up here in the Northeast. If you haven't been here, it's, it's cold. I can go ahead and actually check the weather while I'm doing this, but I went with 13, 17, Virginia tech, 13 to 17, low scoring, uh, not a lot of opportunities to be in the red zone. Uh, I think last week there were a lot of points scored and it was a field position battle. I think this will be more of a field position battle with probably less points scored, but that is my prediction. Matei, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher, but along the same lines, I think Virginia Tech will pull this one out. I think it'll be like a 24-17 type of game. I just mm. don't see how Pittsburgh is able to put up points. I think we saw some growth last week out of the defense. They're playing a bit more man-free, according to Dax Hollyfield, letting the linebackers loose. Hopefully they you know, stick with that strategy again. I think it can apply to this game. And then offensively, I mean, it really depends. Do you have a fully healthy Khalil Herbert? Is James Mitchell back? Because if those two guys are there, I mean, this Pittsburgh defense stacks the box. And when I say stack, stacks the box, they're putting like nine, ten guys within five yards. And we've seen, you know, their last game against Florida State, they gave up 14 points in the first quarter, gave up a big 80-yard touchdown run to Jordan Travis, the Florida State quarterback. There's going to be an opportunity for one of those plays to break free if you get through that first line, if you get past five yards. So, you know, maybe I could see like a 31-17, but as things stand with, with all those injuries happening to Virginia Tech's offense, I think it'll be a 24-17 type of game. So we're looking at on Saturday, 54 degrees is the high, 43 degrees is the low. We're actually kind of looking out here. It currently sits 39 degrees in Pittsburgh. It's it's pretty cold. It's going to be windy. uh, Heinz Field, uh, as we know, one of the poorest playing surfaces in the ACC. Uh, That field sees a lot of usage maybe a little bit less from the high school football standpoint, but uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are playing. Pittsburgh Steelers are winning a lot of football games in, uh, in Heinz Field this year, but um, that is what will be going down. Uh, so yeah, Matei, look, we have a couple more minutes here and there are some burning questions that we were talking about before the podcast that I wanted to wrap up on here. Um, well, first off, let's do this. Cruton corner, 
is, is like, is anything going on? I mean, what, what, what is, what, what's the deal? I mean, it's, it, it give me, just give me the rundown <laughs> on, on Cruton Corner. Is anything happening? Billy, I wish I had something for you, but right now it's <laughs> super slow. And, uh, you know, Justin Fuente was even talking about it this week that because there's constantly an extended recruiting dead period, you can't really talk to anyone. Uh, you know, it's hard to interact with kids coming to campus, not to mention that everyone gets their year back. So how do you even figure out the numbers? So I wish I had something for you. Uh, unfortunately, it's just, it's just not a recruiting time right now. So if there, if let's, let's put it this way, for those that don't understand, can you explain what it, what it, what a dead period is? Does this mean, what is a dead period? So it means, for example, that, uh, recruits can come on campus and they can check out your facilities, but you can't necessarily have contact with coach, coaching members. Uh, you can go to games as a fan buying your own ticket, but you can't go there as part of an official visit. And the list goes on. So there's a lot of restrictions uh, that kind of Can they call limit. you? Can coaches call you? Can coaches communicate with you? I believe so. I'm not entirely sure on that, but uh, yeah. Huh. Well... Yeah, I don't know. I've I've said this before. One of Virginia Tech's biggest selling points is getting folks on campus, getting them to check out uh, Southwest Virginia. How beautiful is the game day experience? Um, so that's definitely not playing in our favor, and not winning a lot of football games isn't playing in our favor either. So um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Another question for you: You and I are huge, huge proprietors of. Um, of the condensed games on the ACC network. And for example, for me, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm standing at my standing desk here. My standing desk is adjacent or parallel, or I don't remember the correct verbiage. Uh, I was in like second grade. Miss Solano taught me it. Then she got married and she was Miss Garino. But my TV is over there. And all I do during the day is I put, um, I put condensed games on and I have it on autoplay and I just have them playing all day. I love condensed games. I think they're, I think it's a fantastic invent and inventionment. Uh, I love having them on in the background, but here's my problem. I don't know who does the cutups for ACC network. Like this was like, this was going to be the one thing that ACC network did, right? It's like these condensed games are awesome. They're well-produced. They're available on YouTube. Hokey tapes are gone. So we can just do this. But it's like they pick like four or five of the most important plays of the game and they're not on there. And then they'll have like a legal motion on a punt will be on there. And it's like, Matei, do you share this frustration? I do. And look, we love, we love, we love condensed games. But let me proceed to just complain about it a little bit because I was Wait. watching, I was watching the Virginia Tech Liberty game over again. You know, why would you do that? Why I don't would know. You do? There's your that's, first mistake. That's the first question. Um, but I was watching it just to get a better understanding of why certain things happened. And I'm, you know, I'm towards the end of the game. There's eight seconds left. I'm wondering where's the blocked field goal. I want to see what happened on that play <laughs> that allowed Jermaine Waller to go all the way and score a touchdown. And they just never showed it. So I'm convinced. They have some ACC intern and, you know, no shade on them, but they're probably working late hours on Saturdays trying to get those things ready for Sunday. I love condensed games. It Nobody has time to watch every single ACC game every weekend, and you're giving me a bite-sized 20 to 30-minute condensed game. I mean, you got to show the big plays. That's the only complaint. Also, if there's a three and out, 
I don't want you just to tune in on third and 15 or third and one. I'd love to know how he got there. I think, look, I'd be okay. And don't let me speak for you. I'd be okay if you up it to 28, 30 minutes and you just put all the plays in there. Just put them all in there. I don't know why we're, why, why would we risk leaving stuff out that is key to the, to, to how did we get here? I hate, I hate being in positions where we're like, why, why did we get here? Last a couple of weeks ago, I was watching Syracuse play somebody and it's like the biggest plays of the game are not, are, are not in there or we're skipping whole drives. So what are you going to do? It's not going to be perfect every time. Other than that, Matei, um, here we are. Sharky shout outs. What do you have plug? What do you have going on? Um, Talk, talk to the people, man. You're playing a lot of Call of Duty. You got the new Xbox, <laughs> got the new PlayStation. What's going on? Well, I know my parents will probably be listening to this, so I assure you guys I'm not playing too much Call of Duty. I'm gearing up to go home <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend after the pit game. Uh, going to be traveling back to New York. Maybe we can do something if you're back in New Jersey, but celebrating the holidays, yeah. uh, taking the week off, and seeing the 98-year-old grandpa. So things oh, will be good. Man. It's gonna be a fun yeah, time. Yeah, we got we got to get together. It'll be post draft. Um, yeah, people are talking about the Celtics maybe trading up or trade. I heard Marcus Smart for uh, for the number six pick, which I hate. I want Marcus Smart. I want Marcus Smart to literally die in a Celtics uniform. I want that guy to go nowhere. Um, but it'll be interesting. We got basketball right around the corner. Um, so um yeah looking forward to getting together soon Matei, make sure you pack uh, a coat it is getting a little cold up here the weather outside is certainly frightful um but we will be back soon uh we got the locks of saturday coming up soon and as always this podcast is brought to you by the main street pharmacy with jeremy counts jeremy counts lord jeremy counts rocking the crown at the football game hat on the golden turnover spurtle it is 0-1 it's a shame we're going to turn it around this week. Really looking forward to that. Uh, but head on down to Main Street Pharmacy. You can get the only available shirts that were made at the Main Street Pharmacy. And you can get the flags, the Sons of Saturday flags over at Main Street Pharmacy. Matei, it was a ton of fun. Looking forward to doing this again and hope everything is going well in your world. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it, as always. Fry you some sauce.